0: This is Defender Radio. Defender Radio is brought to you by Gates Wildlife Control and the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals.
1: It's the week of May 5th and this is Michael Howie welcoming you to episode 129 of Defender Radio. One year ago, a small budget documentary was premiered at the Hot Docs Film Festival in Toronto. The film followed the journey of a photographer, Joanne MacArthur, as she explored the exploitation of animals in modern society. In the year that has passed, the ghosts in our machine has become a staple in the work of advocates everywhere. With harrowing, yet not gruesome, scenes inside factory farms and fur farms, Ghosts is a powerful yet palatable look into a world many try to ignore. To celebrate this one-year landmark and the release of Ghosts on DVD in the iTunes store, Joanne MacArthur joined Defender Radio for a candid conversation. I want to start by saying one year later, what's the one word that pops into your head? Tired. (laughs) Okay. I was hoping for something inspirational.
0: I'm honest. See, this is going badly already.
1: (laughs) so tired i mean it's, it's been roughly a year since the hot dogs premiere of ghosts in our machine um and uh, we spoke about a year ago um originally and then we ended up talking again in october six months in um and uh I, this movie has gone viral people are seeing it all over the world it's now available on dvd uh your book has come out and um you know, it's it's really taking on a life of its own. And a large part of that is because the film focuses on your story, your journey through all of this. Um, so I guess... And people are ready.
0: People are ready for this message, I think. It's just, I mean, look at Noah. We were just talking about that. I mean, they just put out this huge Hollywood vegan message movie. I think that um, <clears throat> the animal message is going viral. Not just ghosts, not just we animals. It's wonderful. So you asked for one word <clears throat> excuse me, you asked for one word and I said tired and my other words would be exhilarated and probably humbled as well.
1: <laughs> well, and that's interesting. Um, why humbled? because this is a, a film that it in one sense it's not about you but in another sense it does celebrate you specifically in what you do. Um, how do you get to humbled?
0: Well, that people that, that people think that that's a worthy thing to celebrate um really makes me thankful that uh that people appreciate the work and that it you know it rem- reminds me that I'm doing good work and makes me just want to work harder like the more the more praise there is for the film and the book the more I just know that I'm you know <laughs> fulfilling my calling in life if you will and that uh, that it's worthwhile and so sort of like i'm just going going to keep working harder and harder i guess which is a bit scary but um yeah yeah it just uh, you know i I i'm getting more and more focused and um uh, on on the animal issues i didn't think i could keep getting more focused but i really am and my head's down and i'm working really long hours all the time and and because i think that the work and the the photos and the film are creating change so it's really exciting (laughs)
1: Now, did you think this is what it would be like a year after? I mean, now now this process goes back a few years when you and Liz would have first started talking about this entire concept. Yeah. Looking back to that point and to a year ago at that premiere to now, could you have guessed that this whirlwind around the film and around your work would have taken place?
0: Well, uh um, I'm not someone who looks forward and imagines what, you know. So, looking back, did I imagine? Uh, no, you know, I'm just sort of going by the feet of my parents. However, I know that I do good work. And I know that Liz does good work. And I know that together we made something really special. And uh, and I thought that it would do well. And, of course, of course, there have been critiques. But I knew that it was a, a mainstream sort of film that could be embraced and, and would be. And uh, so... You know, we we sort of are just running as fast as we can alongside this thing and, you know, ushering it forward and, and uh, getting it out there. Liz is working so hard to get it out to everyone. And if you go to the ghost page right now, you can go to screenings. And now there's a, a growing section called international screenings. And uh, every day there are more and more screenings popping up, be it in the theater or community or film festivals. And um, and it's doing what uh, she set out for it to do, and I'm so proud of her. and proud to be a part of it as well. And and uh, really, I guess I, yeah, I guess I thought it would do well. I didn't know how well. Um, I mean, it didn't get an Oscar, but for for what it is, um, it's doing well.
1: Something I find interesting is, is those of us that are in this this vegan animal welfare community. Um, I don't think any of us were shocked by what we saw. It was certainly very touching, Mm -hmm. but it was a lot of issues we were aware of. um, And it really inspired a lot of people. Uh, For myself, I saw it with a friend on the train ride home. Uh, from Toronto, we we simply talked about, mm. are we doing enough after seeing this? Um, mm. And it, it really motivated us. But sure. what about the people who are new to this idea? Maybe, you know, who went to McDonald's before seeing this movie? What kind of reaction are you getting from that side of the, uh, the equation?
0: Well, we'd like more of that side of the equation, to be honest. Um, what Liz figured... And, and I did as well is that this film would start taking off because of the activists and the vegans and the compassionate people. And it wasn't just sort of anyone walking off the street going to see the movie. There are some of those, but not many. But the film sort of needs t- to take root through us and through word of mouth and then spread slowly. I don't think um, I think it's the kind of film that will just keep growing and growing. Uh, through Word of Mouth. People don't want to see animal rights films because they're scared. And the reason they're scared is because they care. And people are caring people and they don't want to see animal cruelty. But the word continues to get out that this is a palatable animal rights film. And, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: and that's something we've promoted. Uh, uh, when we've done screenings in Vancouver, and we're ta- I, I know uh, Liz has been talking with uh, Leslie Fox, our executive director, and they're planning a few more in B.C. We're considering doing more in Ontario, uh because people come out to see this film. Um and and speaking of the palatable version, uh, which is to me one of the reasons this film has been and will continue to be so successful, is it's not in your face gore. It's not look how horrible people are. It's it's a very compassionate look. Um, both for the viewer, for you, for everybody. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a roller
0: coaster. You know, it, it takes you to some hard places, but then it pulls you out sort of in the nick of time <laughs> and takes the, the alternative.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. the the contrast, yeah, the contrast with the farm sanctuary, um, the time you spent there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very important. When Liz was uh, editing that film, which took six full-time months, um, they would refer to those scenes as heaven. And, uh, okay, they're like, we need more heaven. Okay, let's let's take it to heaven now. And those are the heaven scenes. Those are, you know, what can be and what, you know, could be and should be in the future. Um, but I wanted to go back to, you know, the people who are eating animals first and then going to see the movie or who are just getting... Uh, aware, this film's designed to meet people on their journey wherever they're at, and I'm quoting Liz again when I say that. Um, hopefully, the film doesn't assume that you already know you know everything about animal rights and, and veganism. We've had uh, really interesting Q and A's. We've had people in the audience say, you know, they're the first one to ask a question and they can't wait to get their hand up, and their question is, how can I keep c- continue eating animals, or like, how can I get humane meat? Um, because they're struggling, they they've taken in the message, and you know a knee jerk reaction to well where can I get humane meat would would be like oh, you you know you just don't get it or you're you know you still want to eat animals but of course you do like you're not gonna most people don't go vegan overnight so I'm glad that they're asking those questions because they are obviously thinking I don't want to support cruelty and they haven't gone to well I, I can choose not to eat animals yet But they are they're immediately looking at alternatives. Of course, in the Q and I don't encourage humane meat, and I always answer, um, you know, yeah. answer, so, and then end end it with, you know, the the quote by Edgar's Mission Sanctuary: "If we could live happy and healthy lives without harming others, why wouldn't we?" And uh, and leave them with that. But I love that people are, you know, asking immediately, and they're struggling immediately. I think that's fantastic. Uh, it shows that they're going to go home with a lot to think about.
1: We'll be right back for more with Joanne MacArthur after these messages from our sponsors. First, they tear a hole in your roof. Then they get in, destroying your insulation, chewing your electrical wiring. Raccoons and squirrels are eating away at your biggest investment, your home. I am Brad Gates of Gates Wildlife Control. Don't wait any longer. Call Gates Wildlife Control. We'll humanely get them out and keep them out. We will come to your house and provide you with a no-obligation free estimate. Please visit us at GatesWildlifeControl.com or call 416-750-9453.
0: Bearsmart.com is the most comprehensive resource on the web for all things bear. At Bearsmart.com, we work hard to ensure people and bears safely and respectfully coexist. Join us as we give bears a voice. At BearSmart.com. Have you ever heard a coyote sing? Did you know that coyotes are also called North America's song dogs? They communicate through unique howls, yips, and barks. At Coyote Watch Canada, we're committed to fostering peaceful coexistence for communities and their wildlife neighbors by building compassionate wildlife communities one community at a time. Please visit us at CoyoteWatchCanada.com for more information and tips about this amazing keystone species. Every year, dogs, cats, endangered species, and even people are caught in cruel, leg-hold, conibear, and other body-gripping traps across Canada. Who will speak out for these innocent victims of an outdated industry? We will. I'm Leslie Fox, Executive Director of the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. With your support, we can bring an end to the needless and painful deaths of hundreds of thousands of animals. Become a member today at FurBearerDefenders.com to find out how you can give hope for our fur-bearing friends. This is Defender Radio.
1: We're back with more from We Animals Photographer and Central Focus of the Ghosts in Our Machine, Joanne MacArthur. Uh, one of the things throughout the film is you working on your book, the We yeah. Animals book. Um, there are very, uh, I found extraordinarily intimate scenes of you sitting in the cabin and writing uh, in a, uh, a book about the photos you had chosen. Um, and sort of the, the jur- one of the parts of the journey you're on is the development of that book. Um, that book is now out Uh, there's a lot of people very excited by it. A lot of people have copies. You're doing book signings. Uh, It's being promoted. Uh, I know you were at um, uh, one of the museums in LA. Uh, You had an exhibit there, and Mm -hmm. uh, it sort of tied in with that. So... When you see the film, and I know you're you're probably tired of watching it by now. um, I'm
0: tired of the scenes with me. I like the animal one, not the scenes with me.
1: I I feel the same way when I have to edit these interviews. I sit and I listen to myself for hours and hours. And and then I start to think my ex-wife had a good point. Um, (laughs) But uh, anyway, um, so what's it like for you now to look back at yourself working on that book? Uh, that, That... what I have to think was a a project of absolute love and joy for you uh, and now having it in your hands.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's such an incredibly special thing. Again, you you asked me, did I look forward and a year ago and what did I think? And and I I don't do much of this, like looking back at, and what was it like and looking forward. And, but uh, if if you want me to, let's see. Um. (laughs) I'll
1: just force your persona to change for my interview. I'm okay with that.
0: Well, you know, in those scenes where, where I'm writing in the film, that, uh, you know, at the time I was writing about the, uh, the mink farms specifically, and, and that was just tumbling out because these are things that I'm writing in my journal and they're, they're things that I'm writing in my head all the time. I'm sort of always writing in my head but not taking the time to get it out on paper. And, um, and the book was sort of making itself over, over the decade or so that I was shooting it and of shooting We Animals, the project, rather. So it's not like I had to labor over picking 100 from hundreds of thousands of images. Like, the images were already sort of picked, and um, the ideas I had around text had, <clears throat> had been pretty much picked. and um, But luckily, I had a fantastic editor, and I really needed a fantastic editor. And, uh, and his name is Martin Rowe, and he's with Lantern Books, and we do meet him in the film. And... Um, he he warned me that we would do a lot of trashing of the initial writing. And I said, okay, I'm up for it. And we did. And we rewrote a lot of stuff. And um, he he pulled out uh, and brought to light a lot of key information. And he made me write more about, uh, he made me write about the sensory experiences of writing the book and, or uh, rather, um, experiencing what I did there. That was important. So, what Martin Rowe did was, he said, take the heat out of your writing. It's, the photos are really hot. You don't need to tell people how to feel. And that was really key. And that really, really made my writing better and the book better. You don't need to tell people how to feel. You don't need to say that cruel factory farm, you know, stuff, simple stuff like that. So, he said, just be coolly des- descriptive. And then the book went in that direction. And, and it really, you know, it really worked. And people really appreciate that. Um They really appreciate not being told and given the opportunity to think for themselves you know ma- imagine that <laughs> what a revelation <laughs>
1: yeah yeah uh, well and, and on that that notion, one of the things um and and I know you've talked about this in the past you and I have talked about this in the past um is the uh the trauma related to what you've done, and I really believe that's something that's uh as a Larger community, advocates, activists, vegans, vegetarians, everybody in some way touched by this needs to pay more attention to. Um, because we uh, expose ourselves to some truly horrific things in in, in the, the hopes of educating ourselves and understanding what we're doing and finding solutions. Uh, on our side, I sit and I watch videos of animals being trapped in, um, and it's trying to understand uh, for you. It's it's being on the front line and seeing these animals uh, in pain and discomforts. And, and the again throughout the film and in your uh, uh, beautiful photography, you see what I would have to say at times is almost a plea from the animals. Um, and uh, I really believe it, it. It's really important for us to to focus on that. So I. I'd like to just touch on that briefly with you. And that's, how do you know when it, maybe you've hit the wall or when you need to take a step back? And, and as you did in that film, go to the farm sanctuary and get licked by a cow.
0: <laughs> oh, well, the film is edited, right? Like, <laughs> it's, it's edited to show me, you know, like, you know, suffering and going through stuff and then like, oh, I need a break and I'm going to the farm. So it's really not that black and white. Like I really should go to the farm more. And we all should, we should, whatever our farm is, you know, all of us compassionate people and activists and vegans the people who are witnessing just all the stuff, things, po- all the things that are posted on, um, on Facebook every day. Like <clears throat> we're talking about me because I'm frontline, but like we sort of all are in a way, because whether we like it or not, we're being exposed to this stuff daily. So a lot of us are hurting from these things. So, um, and, you know, being in North, from North America, a lot of people from North America are listening to this. We're all workaholics. We all have huge deadlines. We don't take um, enough time for ourselves. And activists especially need to, and we just don't. So um, I need to practice what I preach more, for sure. But uh, people need to take the time to be joyful, and sometimes that's hard to do because we're compassionate. We know there's a huge emergency for animals happening every second of every day. How can we be joyful when there's so much work to do? But um, we see a lot of burnout in the, in the animal rights movement. Uh, people get exhausted. So, we, and there's so few people working for animals. So We need every single one of us, and we need to look after ourselves so that we have decades of activism, you know, it's not just two, three years, which is, is what it is for a lot of people. So, you know, nurturing joy and, and celebrating the good and reading great books like Aftershock. That's, um, I have it right here in my library. Aftershock, Confronting Trauma in a Violent World, a Guide for Activists and Their Allies. And this is my copy here, totally dog-eared, I've read it many times and it's been a bomb for my soul and my family's read it as well. Uh, it just gives you the tools to, um, to look after yourself, the ideas and the tools. So I, I highly recommend that compassionate people read Aftershock. It's written by Patrice Jones.
1: Excellent. Um, mm-hmm. As I said, I just, I truly believe mental health is something we as a society need to be more aware of. Um, and when we put ourselves out there uh, this way, And I I personally believe human nature is to not be violent. Uh, We're we're a a um, Mm. socially-based people, uh, animal, and doing violence takes away from us, and witnessing it, I think, does as well. Um, But I guess the the final question I have to ask is what's next for Joanne MacArthur? Uh, It's been an absolute whirlwind year for you as we discussed you've been all over the continent talking and, uh, and meeting people and uh, watching yourself on the big screen over and over and <laughs> over again um, and your, your book has come out uh, you're being celebrated constantly you're being looked to as someone who can uh, advise and counsel people and you have done uh, such an incredible job telling the story of animals that people don't see and and again i think that's truly the inspiring part is you're not doing the obvious you're you're seeing you're showing us things that we don't see um hence the title the ghosts um Mm. i just figured that out um (laughs) no i i i knew uh, I think you told me that a year ago, but anyway. Um, so what's what's tomorrow? I know I know you like to talk about today, but uh, I, I'm going to keep pushing you. Uh, you what, are too. Yeah, it's it's what I do. Uh, so what's next? What's the plan?
0: Well, you know, I I, I do have some figuring out to do. You've mentioned uh, very kindly that you know people look to me for answers, and and um, you know I've had to look at lately whether i'm fully cut out for that and you know i'm mostly cut out for it but i'm also very aware that a lot of people have way more answers than i do and um and i and i simply just don't have all the answers and and uh you know i have to be okay with that or i have i don't know actually um sometimes i feel like i can't i'm sort of like poised to lead in some ways and sometimes I feel like I'm just not up for it and I want to retreat and do what I'm absolutely best at which is taking photos and you know doing investigative work and doing the background stuff but you know I sort of did decide a long time ago that that I would be a face and a voice for this um maybe you know what you're hearing in me right now is you know the the tiredness I mentioned earlier um maybe I need some time to you know reflect on the last couple years and uh, gain some energy and and go out there full force again and that is part of the plan of going out full force mostly in terms of uh, the humane education program which continues to grow And so uh, the ghost film has an educational component, as does We Animals, and that site is humaneeducation.ca. And uh, I'm in schools more and more, and that's really where I need to be, doing the investigations and um, working on my next book and doing humane education. The kids love it. They love the stories. They ask lots of great questions. Adults, adults ask questions sort of like in a defensive way, um, <laughs> where they just want to like they really just want to tell me, you know, what they think about what I'm talking about. Whereas kids ask and they really listen and they're like little sponges. And um, yeah, so humane education and, and just creating more compassionate people. Um, and then finally, the uh, in the next five years, the, the next book will be out. And I don't think I'm ready quite yet to say publicly what it is, um, but maybe that'll be for an interview in a few years when it's a much more robust document. And a very it'll be a very, very, very exciting thing to talk about, I promise.
1: <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah. Um, no, And the, the one thing I'd, I'd say just in response to uh, your comment about not having all the answers, I don't think leadership is about having the answers it's about knowing what questions to ask Mm. and i certainly think that you are more than capable of doing that and i've seen you do that and that's what a lot of your work is Mm -hmm. it's not saying here's the answer it's saying here's the question and you get people thinking and you get people talking and that's how you get that long-term sustainable change
0: i'm going to quote you Um, on that that's fantastic (laughs)
1: thank you Uh, no and uh, you know honestly though i i truly believe that's how we do it and that's that's what has always driven me as a journalist and with what i do now as an advocate Um, and that's why i personally truly appreciated the film is it wasn't telling me this is the problem and this is the solution it was getting me and I, i i told you um on the train ride home from toronto uh, my friend and I, we sat and we talked okay. and said, what are we doing? I mean, we, we've both chosen to be vegan. Is that enough? And, uh, you know, and this was before I worked for APFA and I was, well, you know, I work for a newspaper. Can I do more? Um, can I try and bring this to the forefront? Are you um, sure I do and, a lot? Well, um, it, it's a lot easier when you're behind a computer all day. <laughs> But it's, uh, you know what I mean? It's just, it it raises that question and it starts the conversation. And that is the way to change. Um, So I I would say don't doubt yourself.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Um,
1: But definitely take a break. Um that's something I learned the hard way too. Mm. Uh work working in the deadline oriented world is if you don't take that time to yourself you do hit a wall. Yeah. Uh and and if you can take just a long weekend, you know, that's mm. where I I'd go out camping for 2 days. Lovely. Uh m- me and the dog and just sit and read.
0: Yeah.
1: In in the wild. Yeah. Like to me that just let go of everything for 24 <laughs> hours and feel energized. Um, And that's something I hope that uh, you take the time to do and that uh, the people listening will also take the time to do. Um, Granted, while they read your book and listen to this interview. (laughs) um, Thanks, Michael. (laughs) More about the ghosts in our machine can be found at theghostsinourmachine.com. Joanne's photography can be viewed and purchased at weanimals.org. That's all the time we have for this week, folks. I'd like to thank Joanne MacArthur for sharing her time with us, and Brad Gates of Gates Wildlife Control for his ongoing support of this program. On behalf of APFA and Defender Radio, this is Michael Howie, reminding you to stay informed and stay strong.